0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm revved up and very excited to welcome today a guest calling in from uh, Douglasville. There's two S's in that, by the way, just in case you wanted to know. Sam Fiorani. Sam, welcome to Cars. Yeah, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm all ready to go. All right. Now, I had a friend way back in the car world that his last name was Fiorino. So if I goof that up during our talk... You just slap me and say, Mark, Mark, this isn't uh, the other Sam you knew. This is Sam Fiorani. So uh, I'll make my do my best to keep that right. So before we dive into the questions and I do a proper introduction, Sam, I want you to share one thing with our listeners that most people don't know about you.
1: Well, my my father was not a big fan of my obsession with cars and uh, tried to dissuade me from my uh, pinpoint focus on automotive and everything car-related. But uh, after I got my first real job, he was the biggest fan of, uh, of what I was doing.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. You know, it's funny. We as parents, and I know you have a 16-year-old, right? Yes. And you always have this vision for our, your children, but at the same time... You want to let them go into their areas of passion and let them do what they want to do. And there's always this little tug pull. But behind it all is a a real desire that our children do the best they can and are successful, whatever that might mean. So uh, obviously, your dad figured, I'm not going to dissuade this young man from a loving cars, So we might as well go all board. So it's great. There,
1: there wasn't much pushing me away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, me either. Let me do a proper introduction. And I'm going to jump into some questions here. Sam Fiorani is the vice. Vice President of Global Vehicle Forecasting at Auto Forecast Solutions. He leveraged his three decades of industry experience and knowledge to provide production, forecasting, and advisory services to the global automotive community. Sam manages the global light vehicle sales and production outlook, integrated directly with the PowerStrain drivetrain, should say powertrain, not drive strain, although sometimes we do strain our powertrains, drivetrain and alternative propulsion database and forecast at AFS. Previously in his career, Sam had over nine years of experience as a senior director of global vehicle forecasting at Automotive Compass. Extensive automotive forecasting knowledge was also harnessed in his senior roles in the global automotive practices of PricewaterhouseCoopers and Standard & Poor's DRI. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Sam, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show happen. Give them a listen. Give them a little love. Better yet, give them some business. We'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun. Those harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install and remove and protect your vehicle while parked in the sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicle's and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options featuring an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a Covercraft sunscreen for your family members and friends. They'll thank you for it every time they park their vehicle. They're custom made to fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options. And here's something special from me here at Cars yeah, just for you. Use the code ya 120 at checkout at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code yeah one two zero at checkout, and you get ten percent off. You can thank me later. Covercraft—they've got you covered. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance—that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI, yeah, that's 866-224-9324 and protect the ones you love. I did. American collector's insurance. Classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Sam, we are back. And as we continue on this journey, we call your life. I want to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that you find great meaning and maybe it's a way to get those inspirational tires smoking a little bit here on Cars. Yeah, so Sam, grab the wheel.
1: I like the, the term pay it forward. I've always liked the, the ability to help somebody when I can and so many people have helped me along the way that I really feel like I'm at a point in my career and uh, uh, as far as I've gone in the hobby to help other people along. I had a, a mentor years ago who was a friend of uh, my uncle's who was a, an automotive editor. Uh, he, was, he edited an automotive magazine and when you live in Pennsylvania, finding an automotive editor who lives in Pennsylvania was very strange in the early 80s. And I talked this man's ear off and years later he came back and helped me find my career. And so I'm trying to to pay it forward for Stan Stevenson and everybody else who helped me along the way.
0: You know, it's pretty simple, isn't it? It goes back to that old golden rule. Maybe I know I learned in uh, Bible class when I was at elementary school, my parents would go to church and sit in the big room and they send us kids down to this other room, maybe because we were too unruly. I don't know why, but the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it's so simple and it's so easy. And it seems like these days, especially this year, a lot of people uh, never learned that or they've forgotten it. Uh, But I tell you, it's come back to help me in so many ways in my life, have you found the same thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you find so many friendly people, especially when you're in the car hobby. You, you meet people at car shows. You meet people along the way. Uh, in my writing, in my uh, photography, in everything I've done, you meet the nicest people. And, and they, they help you. And they'll step up to help you. Uh, I had a, an instance where I was writing an article and I needed a particular issue of Automobile Quarterly. And it was the most expensive issue that you could buy used. It it was $75 or $100, depending on where you're looking for it. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for $5 copies of AQ. And this gentleman said, well, yeah, that's the most expensive issue. I said, well, I'm looking for this article. He goes, you don't want to collect the book? I'm like, no, no. I just want to read this article. He goes, give me your fax number. And he faxed me the entire article. Nice. Like, that's exactly what I
0: needed. Well, you know, I found this industry is very unique and I've heard this from many guests and even guests who've been on my show who come from different industries, but their passion is the car hobby is that. Car people will go out of their way to help. And I hear these stories over and over. People on trips, they have car problems. They go on the internet and say, hey, I'm in my 356 Porsche. I'm stuck in Pennsylvania. Can anybody help? And within a half an hour, someone there's with a flatbed, they take them to their garage or the repair shop and they get them on their way. I really think that it's because we're so passionate and we love this so much is why we like to do things like you just experienced there. So I always try to go out of my way to help people. Let's talk more about, global vehicle forecasting and i want you to explain more about what this is because when i first looked at your bio i had to scratch my head and go okay i'm not quite sure what it is sam does what is this guy up to so take us on a deeper dive into your world would you
1: my wife has the same question about what i do but uh, <laughs> it's all
0: smoke and mirrors right <laughs> it is
1: and i'm i'm sitting here you know quarantined in my basement now but uh, yep. uh, even now she doesn't even know what i do we follow the the trends of the automotive industry And because we provide uh, services to suppliers, to financial houses, to anyone who needs to know about the automotive industry, we have to look at it globally. So we track all the vehicles produced in all the plants around the the world. Uh, We concentrate on light vehicles, so we do cars and light trucks. And we look at every plant, every manufacturer, every model, every generation of that model and tell you how many vehicles they're going to produce – where they're going to produce them, why they're going to produce them there, and then uh, we add uh, powertrain to that so you know they're going to have a gas engine, a diesel engine, a hybrid engine, an electric electric motor on that, and uh, give them all the details that they need to do their business.
0: Oh, it's fascinating. Well, here's a great question for you because you mentioned being locked in the basement. We're all locked in our houses these days. It's Certainly been a unique year, and the eight hundred million pound gorilla in the corner is this pandemic right at a uh, an election to the year and everything else and you've got total chaos and here on the west coast, fires, everything is on fire. My sky today is this orange, ugly, yucky mess, and I'm a thousand miles away from these fires, so it's just bizarre a world. Let me ask you this. When you think about the pandemic and how it's affected the automotive market, what are you seeing in a global vehicle forecasting that is one or two or three? Share as many stories as you like about how this pandemic has either affected the automotive industry in a good way or probably in a bad way. Well,
1: the automotive industry took a hit 10 years ago with the financial crisis. And fortunately, a lot of the companies learned from it. So they've been better prepared this time around, and this one was a, a much bigger disruption where before it was just a slight demand change. This a considerable demand change for a few years there, yep. but uh, now it was a disruption where they couldn't build.
0: Yeah. How do you deal with
1: that? Oh, it, it, I, I like to say that you know, forecasting, is, forecasting is a difficult process normally then you throw in shutting down plants for a month or two or three or four depending on where the plant was it's really difficult now so we're we're trying to to leverage everything when things are good you pick a number and it stays even for years to come and then some some major disruption like this hits and you have to start fresh and figure out when it's going to come back and uh, where it's going to go and uh, fortunately i have an economic background so i can figure i can help figure out where we the pace is going to come back and uh, how everybody's going to be affected by it.
0: Wait a minute. You have a crystal ball? Oh, absolutely. I, I have a Magic 8-Ball around here somewhere. Okay, we're going to do... Oh, wait, a Magic 8-Ball. Okay, wait a minute. I think I've had, the, I've had those too. I was going to say with that crystal ball of yours, when are we going to all be free? When is this going to be over? When are we going to have normal lives? Let me ask you this because of this pandemic. Well, and also I've been asking my guests, everybody in your family healthy and Okay. Knock on wood, yes, we are. Awesome. Touch wood, as they say, over across the pond. Well, if you look ahead at the automotive market, I mean, you think about supply chain being disrupted, and that's one of the things that you think, okay, we're all home. Obviously, this has probably been the best thing that ever happened to Amazon because everybody <laughs> that re- that had fought shopping online now has to. So that's why Jeff Bezos is now a 200 bazillionaire whatever he is i mean it just is insane so now people have found and they've discovered this new way to shop they probably will keep doing this because they realize how easy it is right so what are you seeing happening let's say in the next six months for the automotive industry
1: there are a lot of things that happen here too you know you can't buy a car on amazon quite yet but uh a lot of the the dealerships have had to go virtual where they have to sell it online and then. You come and pick it up where they drop it off for you. And that is going to change a lot of dealerships going forward where they're actually going to have to do that to to keep these people who don't want to go out. Let's say there's a vaccine in the next six months or a year and we get back to what was normal before that. You're still going to have a few people who are going to want to stay away from other people and uh, for years to come. So you're going to need to keep those those virtual uh, purchases Amazon will still stay strong, and then you'll get the uh, the Carvanas of the world selling used cars, and every local dealer selling new cars through uh, through the internet, through uh, phones, through wh- however they want to do it.
0: You know, I think you're right. I just had two interesting guests on my show recently Joe Yannetti and Roger Nygaard, and they just brought back a movie they produced way back. It was in the 80s or 90s called Suckers, <laughs> and it was all about this one Joe's experience when he went to work in the sales industry selling cars and how cars used to be sold and how terrible it was, quite frankly. And so you think about now, if we could shop online and not have to deal with that sales experience that rarely is very good. I mean, they just grind you down for three hours and, you know, it's just not much fun. And that's what their show Suckers is all about. Basically, the suckers are... There's the people coming in and buying the cars, but some of the sales guys turn out to be suckers too. Uh, I think this will improve the process perhaps. And perhaps make it even better because for people that are savvy online, my next door neighbor last year bought two cars online from out of state because he didn't like the experience of trying to buy the cars here. Went to a couple of dealers and just came home and kind of had to brush himself off and go, Ugh, I didn't like that very much. And they delivered the cars. He walked in, everything was done. And, you know, 40 minutes later, he's driving away in his new car and he's happy. So that could be a good thing, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we all have our bad stories about buying a car. As few cars as I've owned in my life, I've walked in with other people when they purchased cars and, and seen good and bad. Uh, I briefly sold cars myself and learned I couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. And I, I always said you had to be able to sell your grandmother to, <laughs> to sell a car. And I'm just too nice a guy to do that. I'm just not going to say this is as low as we can go, knowing full well that you had a lot of money held back.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, luckily, I've, I've bought many of my my uh, past BMWs over the years from uh, BMW Northwest here. I'm good friends with the owner and the salespeople, and it, they've always made it a pleasant experience. So I haven't had to deal with that. But in my past,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun buying a car. So I think there's going to be some good things that come out of this. Absolutely. Definitely. It's been challenging as we go along. Well, when we talk about challenges, I always ask my guests to share a big challenge or a big failure they face in their life. And the reason for this is not so much to drum up more bad past. It's really about how did you deal with it, Sam? How did you get through it? And what did it teach you so you can move ahead in a positive way? So take us on your journey.
1: Yeah. Well, when I graduated college, I graduated in the middle of a recession. So uh, among with the few million people who came out of college, there were a few million people already looking for jobs. So it, it was. I have no experience aside from a college degree. Who's going to hire me along with all these people who just are on the unemployment rolls and have experience? So I, it took me a while to get my footing and find a, where I wanted to be. I took a bunch of bad jobs on the way. I, I sold cars. I worked in an assembly line. I, I did all kinds of things on the way up. But when I, I said before that uh, my friend Stan Stevenson helped me get my first job in Chilton Book Company writing car repair manuals. And that put me along the way on on my path to uh, to where I am now.
0: Well, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I think we might have graduated about the same time because when I got out of school, it's the same thing. And I <laughs> just got, I think, extremely lucky. I always say that luck really doesn't happen. It's when uh, opportunity meets up with uh, preparation. So for me, that kind of worked quite well. You know what I didn't ask you about before we take a short break here? You also do a podcast for your company, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at AFS, we do we provide all kinds of information for our clients and for the public in general. We we talk to the media all the time and we just found it easier that if we do a videos and podcasts, we can pre- present five or 10 minute long snippet of what's going on in the industry. So uh, once a month, I'll do a sales podcast. And uh, the other day we did a, a podcast on the GM Honda deal. Whenever there's a good story to tell, we'll we'll put up a video and, and then a podcast will follow up right behind that. And and on the side. Uh, I've taken that talent and I'm working with the Boyertown Museum of Historic Vehicles to do some of their things because they have a couple TV shows, but because of the pandemic and everything, they haven't been able to get to the studio. And, uh, you know, when you have a free charity museum such as ours, uh, I got to do something to support them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can the general public, uh, see your videos and your podcast and listen to your podcast?
1: Absolutely. I uh, look for AFS vision on any podcast form and, uh, and our YouTube channel is, uh, uh, YouTube.com slash C slash Auto Solutions.
0: I'll make sure I put links to those so you can check them out. I think you'll find it, my listeners being car people, uh, will definitely find that very interesting. So we'll put links on Sam's show notes page on the Car Show website. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. And we come back, we're going to dive into Sam's personal passion for cars. We're going to take a little trip back in time, I like to say. So sit tight, keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars, yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel aviation marine motorcycle motorsports and restoration worlds to date they've awarded more than 10 million dollars in scholarships and grants to tech students and in times like these i don't have to tell you how essential those techs are keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping america rolling to learn more about tech force or to make a donation to this cause visit www.techforce.org you'll be glad you did and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH, and you'll get $10 ...off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years? With over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans, Racer and the Racers Group team owner Kevin Buckler founded Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like Racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip apex reminiscent of turn four at Laguna Seca. The racing series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code cars yeah all one word and all caps at checkout, you get ten dollars off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code cars yeah at checkout for ten dollars off your purchase today. There is always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code cars <laughs> Cheers. All right, Sam, we're back. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this personal passion that you have for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you know that you were going to be a car guy.
1: A lot of us car guys have to say it's in our blood, and there's not really a spot where you can say, that's what turned me on to it. And I'm one of those guys that that when I was was real little, my parents would drive me around back in the day before car seats and seatbelts, and uh, I would look out the windows and start naming cars by headlights and taillights at three years old. <laughs> so I think they, they knew that there was something I'd say special. They'd say odd about me. <laughs> uh, but it, it always happened. I, I got uh, magazines through the years. I got uh, friends who knew cars. Uh, I, I got my first car at three years old. It was a electric car called an Eldon Power Ride. Oh, and, wow. Uh, it was uh, – my dad souped it up with a headlight and turn signals and a horn and then blew up the battery. It was a fantastic car while it lasted.
0: <laughs> well, see, you talked earlier about your dad trying to dissuade you, but he, he's the guy that started it all. So,
1: Absolutely. He, he had his, his moments where uh, uh, at three years old, he didn't know how impassioned I would be about this whole thing. Yeah. But uh, when I, when I purchased my first car, he was the first one to go out and get parts for it. So.
0: Wow, that's nice. Well, let's talk about that first car. What was your first really special car? Could have been your first car, or maybe it's a car that you saved up, kind of a dream car that you got. What was it? And maybe share a memory about that ride.
1: That Power Ride electric car was my first, and and it, like I said, it burned up in a in a fire on its own. But uh, I found a copy of it a few years later, and it's it's sitting in my other room right now, where I I keep it in a, a place of honor.
0: Now, is it is it like a little pedal car, like the old garden pedal cars? Because you, we're sitting here, and you can see the car over my shoulder here, Steve. The pedal <laughs> car, right?
1: Yeah. Is it yeah. kind
0: of like that, but it was electric powered?
1: It was an electric car. It was it was all plastic, oh, and okay. uh, it sat really low. But uh, uh, my parents said I could parallel park the thing in the family room with no problem. <laughs> uh, I was a, nice. a good driver at three. <laughs> You didn't uh, run if,
0: into the table legs
1: or damage the nope, furniture? No, nope, never hit it. They, they claimed I never hit a piece of furniture.
0: Wow. Well, there you go. That's why you're probably a great driver today. <laughs> so, uh power have to look that up. Power Ride electric car. What year was that when you were three? Uh,
1: that was about 1970.
0: 70 okay so see that's why i've got an old metal one behind me i'm older than you so that's a a nice one there you go i'm hoping someday i'll be blessed with some grandkids and i can hand that down (laughs) to them and let them let them rip it to pieces or do whatever they want maybe they'll be picky like me i i still have my first matchbox car and it doesn't even have a scratch on it so uh,
1: oh yeah i've I've got a bunch of those as well there you go but my first my first real car was a a dodge aries that was handed down to me yeah and uh I loved that car. It gave me the freedom as a teenager to drive around. Uh, it was, I'd buy it back today if I could find that car because it was an oddball. It was a two-door with no options and a four-speed manual along with a bench seat. So it was a six-passenger car with a four-speed on the floor. Yeah, I I just loved that car.
0: Now it had a uh, bench seat in the front. Yes. Oh, so if you had a date, she could slide on over, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. It was so. it was a
1: great car for for dates. It was a uh, it was big. I could take friends along. We can go anywhere we needed to go. It had a big trunk, so I could take it to college. Nice. It was a it was a fantastic car. It got great gas mileage and did and had decent power to it.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get in your head a little bit here, Sam. Uh, if I put you on my psychologist couch and ask you this: if you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be but how you perceive your attributes apply to some kind of a vehicle what would sam be
1: listening to your podcast and listen to what other people said you know you try to tell people to to make this what their personality is i know not they sometimes want. they don't
0: listen <laughs> you
1: know everybody wants to be a lamborghini and everybody oh, wants course. to be some, yeah. something fantastic but yeah. it, when i thought hard on this one this this is not where you were i'm not a Lamborghini. Okay, and. I, I don't want to be a Yugo on the other hand. You know, right. you want to be somewhere in the middle there. But th- what I came up with was I, I feel like I'm a Pontiac Aztec.
0: A Pontiac? Oh, OK.
1: I, I had a great concept to start with and somewhere along the line it, di- it got mixed up a bit <laughs> and didn't turn out exactly the <laughs> way they had planned it. But, uh, you know, the, the few people who understand it love it. And so that's I feel that's how I am.
0: All right. Well, you know, that car, when I think of that car, I think of the uh, TV series uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> and that's what he drove. And his life was like that. It started out with a good premise of a teacher and then it all went somewhere else. But people love that show. So, yeah, people love you, yeah. Sam. So now, I we, think, when, you,
1: we, when you talk to Aztec owners, they do love their cars. And, they're you know, there are only 10,000 of them probably yeah, re- yeah. remaining. But those <laughs> people love those cars.
0: Yeah, that. And I think of a pizza on the roof. So that's just the whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's funny. You're the first Pontiac Aztec, so I love the answer, Sam. I love the honesty. Very nicely done. All right, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions. Have you give me some quick blups of that Pontiac Aztec throttle? Don't do it too hard. It might blow up the motor. So here we go. No disrespect to you Aztec lovers. Uh, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life?
1: Yeah, everybody says determination, confidence, hard work. But I got to say, it's uh, the ability to take criticism and learn from it. That's the best thing to move on.
0: Absolutely. You know, it was Nicky Lauda that uh, had a great quote that applied to that. He said, I learn a lot more from races I lose than races I win. So yeah, if people aren't criticizing you. You might have an issue going on. So, uh, If you
1: don't make any mistakes, you haven't tried hard enough.
0: You haven't tried hard enough or people are so afraid to criticize you that they <laughs> they don't, which is not a good thing either. How about um, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be? I've been lucky
1: enough to, have, to sit down and have meals with, with some of the people I've, I've always admired, Bob Lutz and David E. Davis and uh, uh, Fred Simeone. And and people like this, but I I missed things like uh, Jay Leno and Nicole uh, Bulgari. Uh, I missed opportunities to sit with them. But if I really had to pick a person, it would either be Fred Rowe or Beverly Ray Kimes. Uh, Fred was a friend of mine who uh, was a Duesenberg historian, one of the best guys you'd ever want to sit down and have a meal with. And uh, Beverly Ray Kimes was the former editor of Automotive Quarterly. She got me into automotive history. She was a, a fantastic person, and uh, the the, in, the hobby misses her.
0: Boy, I hated to see that publication go. I've got a giant shelf full of those, subscribed for many, many years. I see them all behind you. Yeah, you've got you've got a few more than I do. So uh, you started before I did. But uh, you know, in the early days, I gave mine away, and I shouldn't have done that. I usually gave mine to a friend whose son loved cars, and I thought that'd be a nice gift for him after I was done. So I guess I guess it's a good thing that I did that. It goes back to your success quote there sharing the love yeah. now when it comes to resources what is a great resource you'd like to share with the cars yeah! listeners well of
1: course the, the the back issues of automobile quarterly those are those are great ones i write for a collectible automobile on occasion and collectible automobile is uh the closest thing we have to automobile quarterly now where it's a, a nice long form place for a story about an old car beautiful pictures it's it's well written uh, you know uh, aside from my contributions it's it's very well written and uh, they have uh, great editors, so they put together a nice magazine. And, and of course, uh, car clubs like uh, AACA and uh, Society of Automotive Historians are really good ones to to meet people. And uh, finding people is a better resource than a book. If you can find a person who, who can tell you that story about when they worked at the Tucker uh, assembly plant. Uh, we met a guy at an SAH tent one year who uh, worked at the, the, the factory. Those people... are you got to pick their brains. you got to listen to them. Sit down and just shut up and let them talk.
0: Well, that's why I love having people on my show that are older that we're not going to have around forever because that way their voice can be recorded in perpetuity for future people to listen to. And I just had the uh, CEO of the AACA as a guest on my show last week. So uh, that's another great club that you sh- could should join. And I'm a member of that as well.
1: Yeah, I, I like I like Steve a lot.
0: Yeah, Steve is great. So how about a book, Sam? Is there a book you'd like to recommend our listeners read?
1: Yeah, there's there's just so many, and, and I'm sitting in the middle of my library yeah, right now. Yeah, he have got uh, quite a library. Around me. We're
0: on Skype here, listeners, and he's got a lot of books behind him there.
1: Yeah, and, and you can only see half of them. There are more on the other side. I'll bet. But uh, the first book I was ever given was, given was called Automobiles of America. It was uh, published by Wayne State Press, and it was just a nice basic outline for a young person to get into it. Uh, for older, person, older people, I like uh, the book uh, Where the Suckers Moon by uh, Randall Rothenberg, which tells you a good story about marketing of the car. And uh, All Corvettes Are Read by James Schlafner, which is a great story about the, developing the last generation Corvette, or two, I think it's two generations now. But uh, I, I'm a big one on reference guides, uh, standard catalog series, and uh, uh, American Automobiles since si- 1775, and, and of course the the Buelli Encyclopedia, which uh, I helped uh, contribute a small part to.
0: Wow, some great references there. Listeners, you can find all of these great books that Sam has recommended on his show notes page. Just go to CarsYet.com, type in Sam Fiorani. We'll have to sit down sometime and share some nice uh, spaghetti and
1: Absolutely. a nice Chianti. Absolutely, let's do that.
0: Yeah, I think that would sound like fun. All right, Sam, we're up to the checkered flag here, and this last question going to be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a car today. I'm going to buy you any collector car in the world, doesn't matter where it is, how much it costs, even if uh, Fred Simeon has it, which he's got some nice cars, as you know, he's been (laughs) a guest here, but there are some rules to this game. One is it's the only collector car you can have. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with or buy more books with or buy a bigger library with. That little trick's off the table. But I want you to enjoy it and drive it. So it needs to tick a lot of boxes. Uh, be a car that doesn't collect dust in your garage. So what am I buying, Sam, today?
1: That, that part of the trailer queen, the collecting dust, that's the one that, that throws me over the top because you know I would love to have a Bugatti Royale or um, I have a friend who has a Mose Safari car. That's mm-hmm. one of those ones that... But I, I found the cars that... Wouldn't be the trailer queens. I don't like as real cars, the Bricklin SV1 or the or the the Moes. But uh, if it kind of came down to it, I narrowed it down to three. Okay, it would be a Vector W8. Ooh,
0: OK. I haven't heard that name in a while. Uh, I, I wrote it.
1: My first article for Collective Bob was The History of Vector. And so I've always loved the Vectors. Uh, the Avanti Touring Sedan, okay. the four-door Avanti they built one year. Wow. Or a Studebaker Golden Hawk.
0: OK. You've got some very interesting tastes here going on, my friend. Studebaker Golden Hawk. There you go. I, well, I think if I was going to pick one, that's the car I'd pick for you. But yeah. you get to pick. But I, I love that. Yeah. Wh- which which of those three is going to be the one?
1: The touring sedan is a better all day, everyday car. So oh, I will yeah? take that one.
0: Okay, all right. Wow. Well, you know, you have very unique, eclectic taste, which is a good thing. So, uh, but you knew exactly where to go. So nice. Okay, I'll get to work. Is there a color you'd like? So I get the right car. <laughs> they,
1: they had a really nice beige. I, I really beige. liked that car in beige. It was a beige. good car.
0: Okay, all right. I'll get to work there, Sam. You've taken me on a fun ride today. This has been great. Uh, i really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for being a guest today. Before I let you go, and before you drive off into the sunset in that touring sedan, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance?
1: Another automotive person that I would, wouldn't mind having lunch with would be uh, David Letterman. And uh, a number of years ago, he interviewed his friend Warren Zevon when Warren Zevon was on his final tour. He knew he was dying of cancer, and he went to visit all his friends, and Zevon and, Zivon and uh, Letterman were friends. And so... David Letterman asked him, "From your perspective now, do you know something about life and death that maybe I don't know?" And Ziva responded by saying, "Not unless I know how much you're supposed to enjoy every sandwich." And <laughs> that's been a, a little bit of a thing. Enjoy every sandwich.
0: You know, boy, very important words, especially these days, given what we're going through. Even if you're stuck in the basement like Sam, or in your house like I am, or all the rest of us that have had to readjust our whole lives enjoy every sandwich indeed yes most definitely that's great i love that what's the best way for people to follow along with you they're a global vehicle forecasting
1: well i'm on twitter at sam fiorani i'm uh on i do a lot of work on linkedin for professionals and you can follow us on uh, youtube for the auto forecast solutions page or the uh, Boyertown Historic uh, Museum of Historic Vehicles page.
0: All right. I'll make sure I put links to all those on Sam's page so you can follow him. Keep up with him. He's all over the place so you better uh, buy a faster car if you're going to keep up with him in that touring as he heads down the road. Sam, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise and for sharing your life experiences with us. This has been a real pleasure. I'm going to uh, go enjoy a fine sandwich for lunch here today until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road.
1: Thanks so much for your time. This has been great. It's been a
0: lot of fun. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund?